the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant, and we're glad that you're joining us here today. And we've got a treat for you because today we're going to talk about how we get started in the career process. What happens when you're thinking about making a transition or a change or writing your resume? Where should you start? And our guest today is Jackie Suter. And Jackie is a longtime writer. Uh, she started writing when she was nine years old, and she's been in copywriting and marketing in some of the biggest brands like IBM, where she's just really honed her craft. And now she does this as a certified career coach and resume writer for individuals. So Jackie, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Marie. Yeah, so you said that when people come to you, there's always a place where they wanna start, but that isn't necessarily the place where it's the best to start. So how does that first conversation begin with your clients? Well, sometimes um, they want to just dive right in and say, hi, I need a new resume. I want to apply for a job tomorrow. And, you know, can you just touch this up? And it doesn't really work that way. Um, you know, if, if they're really serious about finding a new job, they've got to start with the basics, which is having a good resume. And you don't get a good resume overnight. So it's always a little bit um, surprising to them that it takes a little time to do this and it takes effort on their part. I think they often feel like they can just hand it to me and say, okay, you know, wave your magic wand over it and it'll be done. Right, and before they can work on their resume, you start with some other questions, right? I do. I, I'm always interested in what it is, uh, if they have a specific job in mind, for example, what it is about that job that interests them, number one. And number two, maybe more importantly, is what is it about that job that they feel that they're qualified for? Uh, it's very easy to find a job online that sounds terrific, but a lot of people probably find that job sounds terrific. So you better have something else on the board there to be able to uh, sell yourself with. And really, you know, you mentioned marketing before. And after years of marketing, I can tell you that re resume writing is marketing writing. And it's really all about marketing your skills and your abilities and your experiences and also tying all of that to what the company is looking for. It's not enough to just say, I can do all of these things. You know, I mean, I can bake bread, but does that really matter to you? Um, probably not. So it, it, it is a difficult um, hill to climb sometimes with, with people who just have never been through it before. And when you think about like the first step before they write a resume, and you said if they have a job, you ask them what's interesting about that job. How many of your clients come in with a particular job or what's kind of the other scenarios? Some of them, I, I would say it's about 50-50. You know, some of them have a pretty clear picture in their mind, at least, of what they want to do. But they haven't actually looked around to see if that job exists. So that's one thing. 
Um, the second one is that they don't know what they want to do. All they say is, I hate this job and I want another job. And the first thing I ask them, what do you, what do you hate about your job? And um, I've had, there's one person I'm thinking about in particular who told me that she didn't like what she was doing because it felt meaningless. She worked in um, a high-end store and they sold clothing and furniture and very popular store, but she really felt like it was just, you know, day in, day out, the same kind of stuff and not very meaningful. And she wanted to do something else. So we spent a little time talking about what it was she could do. And she decided that she wanted to work with uh, people who were in not shelters necessarily, but sort of halfway houses sometimes, or, you know, like there are in my community, at least places where there's they're usually either a men's or a women's group and um they and they need people who will stay overnight the everything has to be sort of monitored and um she was really interested in doing that and i asked her a lot of questions about it because it was very different from what she was doing in retail and you know she said well it sounds like it's just really meaningful and i would probably it's a steady job with regular hours so i would be able to you know maybe make more money and i asked her if she had looked into that and she said no not yet <laughs> i said okay well let's research this some more you know let's find out some more about what this job is all about and then we can talk about how your experience fits in with what they're looking for that was overwhelming to her. That was already her sort of sense of, um, well, okay, yeah, let's keep talking about it. And we scheduled another call and we talked a little more and we scheduled another call after that. And she canceled the call, never showed up again. So, you know, I, I feel badly that I wasn't able to help her. But on the other hand, um, I really didn't feel like I could help her do what she wanted to do. Yeah, well, and that's why the exploration process is so important and for people to understand that it takes some time to mm -hmm. figure out where you want to move to. And um, going through that process would really be helpful for her. It sounds like she maybe wasn't quite invested in the process. Yes, I, and I don't, I think, you know, and everybody has this, um, this idea that everything's better except for your job. You know, everybody's job is better than yours. Everybody's house is nicer than yours. We all go through that to some extent. And I think she was really not thinking clearly and seeing clearly about what the job entailed and what it would be like. Uh, you know, if she continued with that, I was going to suggest that perhaps she try volunteering to see what it's really like to be in that environment and to see how she felt about it. Um, there are lots of people who really love doing those jobs and that's great. And I just didn't think she was in a place yet to know that. Mm, yeah, she didn't have enough information exactly. and going through that cycle. So mm -hmm. once someone knows what they want to do or they start to figure that out, what what's the next step look like? Uh, we begin to talk a little bit more about what they've done in the past. And, you know, this is obviously if it's somebody fresh out of college, it's a slightly different conversation. But we do talk about... Um, what kinds of skills and knowledge do they need in order to be good at this new job or at least even be qualified for it and then to be able to attach what they've done and what their accomplishments have been to date and put those together in, in a cohesive story that really tells who they are while at the same time telling why so it's the who the what the where and and then the why 
And that's all important to pull that together. And that's that's an old journalism um, set of rules, you know, who, what, where, when, and why. They, you know, make that into your brain just as soon as you start. And that's and that's a good feeling. I, I work with people often who have the confidence to say, okay, this is what I want, and I'm willing to do what I need to do to get there. So that's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. What's the most difficult part of that conversation usually? Um, I think sometimes the difficult part for me is making sure that they're seeing it with clear eyes for one thing, and also that they're looking at a variety of different sources for their research. Uh, I think that there's so much available online right now that it's possible to, you know, go and straight, yeah, you know, what do people love about being a nurse? And there are lots of things to love about being a nurse. Um, but, you know, you have to also look up, you know, what are things that are not so great about being a nurse? And and that's all okay. You know, no job is 100% perfect. No job is 100% wonderful every single day. But you need to know how it fits in with what is important to you. And if it's important to you, I know lots of people, and I just use the example nurses, but I do know lots of people who are nurses, they wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, that's really what they love doing. And it's terrific. And that's what we want. Right. So when you think about making that transition from for someone, they've decided what they want to do, maybe they are making a transition. And you said you look at what experiences they've had in the past. And I'm guessing based on your background in marketing, that you're helping them figure out how to tell the stories or how do you connect the dots between what they've done in the past and what they want to do now? Um, that's a good question. It's for me something that I'd like to dive into because I really, first of all, enjoy that. And second of all, I think it's really helpful to my client to be able to think about things in a particular light. And in this case, it's really about just you know, trying to get them to see what a day in the life would be like. And I often, especially with people who are just out of college, I ask them to find a couple of people who have that job and, you know, ask them if they would be willing to be sp spending maybe 10, 15 minutes on a call and answer some of your questions and tell you what it's like. And um, at first, their <laughs> their general reaction is, no, I'm not doing that. Um, talk to a, talk to a, no, a stranger. I can't do that. And, you know, we, we, we practice, we go through it. And, and one of the most gratifying things for me is that a few years ago, I worked with a young woman who had just finished her master's degree. And uh, she had, it was an interesting degree, but I would say that there are probably only maybe a hundred positions for somebody who does that any in any one city. And she was beginning to realize that. But she had all these other skills. She was, for example, to earn money while she was in graduate school, she was a bartender. And she learned all kinds of things about talking to people and, you know, standing behind the bar and, you know, getting people to order another drink. Plus, she was really interested in their stories. And she was great at that. And eventually, we evolved to the point where what she was looking for was more along the lines of talking to people than it was about just doing something. And uh, she was really thrilled. She ended up getting a terrific job. We talked about networking, which was a really big, uh, it, it was a big thing for her to do. It was very uncomfortable at first, but she was so proud of herself after she did it. And in fact, she was so proud of it 
that she wrote a blog post about it. And she said, if you haven't done this yet, you should. It's great. And uh, I just thought that was cool. That was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. What a transformation. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how the pieces of the resume start to come together, especially when you're making that transition. So we'll take a short break and we'll be right back here on the Career Confidant in just a few minutes. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. now back to the career confidant Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking with Jackie Suter about how we help our clients find that focus and then translate that into their marketing documents. And if you're a career coach out there and you are working with clients in these areas, we're starting our personal branding program in just a few weeks. And so if you're interested in that, we give you a process to help individuals get focused, really understand their values what's differentiated about them to the target audience that they want to target and then how they can build their messaging. But Jackie, let's dive into some of the stories that you've worked with some individuals, especially those who are making a little bit of a transition. And you said you had one client that was making a transition that was particularly challenging. How did you help them use their stories? So one story I'm thinking about in particular is uh, a woman who had taken some time off from work. She had a great deal of experience in marketing and had um, awards, and she she had a very, very positive, strong career. But she didn't want to go back into 
the same kind of role. She sort of found that maybe she she still wanted to be in marketing, but maybe from a different point of view. And so we spent a lot of time talking about the things that she had done and what she got out of them and why she found them valuable. And we actually created a resume for her that was really two resumes. We created two different versions, but they were pretty different. And we did that so that she had a little bit of a balance between the kinds of things that she had done previously and some things that she'd like to be doing. And we made sure that the, res the second resume was really focused on the things that she liked to be doing, connecting them back to the things she had already done. So it didn't sound like, um, you know, I want to be I want to be a, a chef in a French restaurant. And by the way, I don't even know a frying pan from a saucepan. So, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that I really felt great. We can work with this a lot. And we did a lot of storytelling. Uh, I, I found that she had all kinds of interesting things to talk about. And I thought we could use that. For example, we talked about how her very first job while she was a college student was stuffing envelopes for a marketing company. This was back when you know they did surveys by mail and she and this other woman were stuck in this room with thousands of envelopes to stuff. And they got to know each other and they started talking about the business and they started talking about why they wanted to be in marketing. And it was fascinating to them that they actually were very similar and they ended up staying friends. But more importantly, they realized that there was so much more to work than just showing up and stuffing envelopes all day. They really learned a lot from one another. And it was a much more valuable experience than, than either of them ever expected it to be. And she went on to, to do great things. So it was, it was just a maybe happenstance, but it was, it was a nice story. Yeah, and that's what networking is, right? The, those Absolutely. opportunities to just, yeah, connect. Yes, yeah, that's great. That's great. And, and when you were connecting those stories, what was it, how do you help someone show they're qualified to do this new job, even though they've never done it before? The first thing I do is um, talk to them about what it was that attracted them to this new job to begin with. You know, what did you see in this that you felt I can do this and I really would love to do it? So we talk about that. And then we talk about, OK, so from a practical point of view, what do you have in your background that fits with what they're looking for? And, you know, let's be a little creative here. Let's talk about it doesn't have to be even called the same thing. Some companies call something research. Some other companies call it something else. It's really just a matter of how you want to fit what you've done into their language. And that's a big step in making yourself accessible. And uh, that's, that's a problem a lot of people have. They want to use the words that they're comfortable with but they don't realize that those aren't words that your reader is going to be comfortable with. So again, it's all about, it's all about marketing. It's all about putting yourself in the position of selling what they're looking for. Right. And aligning that language, which I know in our industry, a lot of times we've talked about, oh, the keywords and applicant tracking systems, but it's really just about using the language that shows you have the skills they need, even though you might've gotten them in a different place. Exactly. Exactly. And um, and because she was applying for a couple of different jobs, we tweaked the resume so that we had. Yeah. So we did have some keywords in there, but we did it so that we were using the language that they would be using. 
And uh, she got a number of interviews from that and got a terrific job as a result of it. And, you know, it was great. We also created a set of stories for her so that and she had so many of them because she had such a long career. So it was really fun to do. But uh, she had had some great stuff and we just put them in together in a little package for her so she could pick and choose as she was talking to people. And, um, you know, it's turned out great. I haven't talked to her in about a year. I, I should give her a call and see how she's doing now. But the last time I talked to her, it was fabulous. Yeah, well, and that's the great part, too, is that as you're putting those stories together, then they use that in a lot of different ways, I'm guessing, not just on their resume. Yes, yes. We have two pages of them. So <laughs> those are a lot of stories, but they're short. You know, they're just, you know, three sentences, four sentences, and something you can easily fit into, uh, you know, a letter that's going out with your resume, a cover letter. And um, and it doesn't seem like you're going too far out on a limb. Right, or you could probably beef them up and have case studies if someone asked for that or you needed it for some reason. Yes. Or projects on the LinkedIn profile. I mean, there's just an endless amount of places that you could use those kinds of stories. Repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. <laughs> Again, another thing that, you know, it's another trick in marketing is that um, you know, just because you wrote one ad or you put together one brochure with this language and doesn't mean you can't use it again. And, you know, so you can take it apart and put it someplace else. And it's great. Yeah. Well, tell us a, another example where you had somebody that was transitioning and they were trying to connect those dots. I don't know if you want to go back to the, the person that was bartending or if you've got another one in your mind. It's hard for people to see this. So it's always great to get a couple examples. Yeah, let me think for just a second. Um, I, I realize I've talked about a couple of women, so let me see if I can talk about a male. So I, there's a man that I worked with, and I have to be honest with you, I, I don't know what he's doing right now, but he had spent a great deal of time uh, in his career working in typeface and, well, typeface and graphic design. And he had actually designed his own typeface. And which he was very proud of. Um, unfortunately, these days, those kinds of typefaces don't mean very much because there are so many already available. It, it was just, it was too out there. And so he wasn't really making money from that and he wanted to be able to go back. And he had some other um, flaws, maybe call them. Uh, he never finished college. Um, his his story about that was that he was so excited to go out and start working that college just seemed like it would get in the way. So, you know, there, there was that as well. But we did work together on talking about what he did and how he accomplished it and how he goes about solving problems. And I think a lot of people don't realize that people in arts don't necessarily just say, oh, I'm going to make this a nice looking photo or I'm going to, you know, it's it's really strategic and it really needs to be able to convey the brand message that is out there. And one of them was um, a big client of his was in making um, products for bodybuilders. And so the, <laughs> the, the, things that, the things he had to show for this were things that maybe you and I wouldn't see every day, which were just, you know, massive muscles and lots of stuff that go along with that. And um, I was a little concerned that if he was going to use that to apply for a job that wasn't in that industry, it would be a turnoff. 
And so we talked about him maybe making, just creating some other things that had the same kind of impact, but maybe in a different industry so that he had a variety of things to show. Um, he was um, also dead set into having every single job that he ever had on his resume, which would have put it onto three pages. <laughs> and it took a while to help him understand that unfortunately or fortunately, maybe the work that you know he had done that long ago wasn't going to be impressive to who was reading it, but it would be telling them that they're talking to somebody who's maybe been around a lot longer than you know they have or even for example. So you know that you do you do need a strategy when you put together a resume. It's not just here's what I did. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you come up with new stories or you take a class or you do a volunteer project or something mm -hmm. to have those relevant stories in addition to the background. Like you said, if you're not able to use what you've designed for your portfolio for the next industry, maybe there's pieces and parts you could pull from it, but you might take on some new projects or some volunteer projects. And that kind of creates that bridge from where you've been to where you want to be. I like to call them, you know, bridge. We used to call them stopgap jobs or whatever, but it's really should be strategic that you're thinking about what is going to fill that gap from where you are now to where you want to be. And how do you get that experience? You were talking earlier about someone, you know, volunteering to get that experience. I like for people to do something that involved after they've made that decision. So they do their research, then we do some informational conversations, but then once they've made the decision, they shadow or they volunteer or they do something to not just make sure that's where they want to go, but to also fill that gap. Exactly. And I have a client who did that with uh, education. She had been working in, I, I don't always know how I, I attract all these people who work in marketing, but it seems like it's it's an unknown crowd. Um, but there was somebody who uh, found me and said that she really wanted to get back into marketing. She had done some other things. Uh, she had also, she has um, a master's degree in um, elementary education. She taught for a while and she wanted to really just get back into what she had been doing pre previously, which was in marketing. And she had very specific ideas about it. And she had used a lot of her time to volunteer to take advantage of the fact that she had these skills that were in demand and she could spend a few hours a week helping out and then having something to show for it. And that worked really well for her. Yeah, and I, I know you probably do too. I always encourage people not to necessarily label it as volunteer, you know, consulting, marketing consulting. There's a lot of other words we can use that are gonna be more the language of the person that's hiring us versus volunteer might be something that people dismiss. So Jackie, what um, can people do to find you? Where are you sharing content that they can follow along with and learn more from you? Well, this is my goal for the next <laughs> few months. I, I just redid my resume. And so now I feel comfortable sending people to, not my resume, my, my website, excuse me. But I feel comfortable sending people to my new website now. And um, I have held off a little bit on doing a lot of social media. So my intention is to be posting on Facebook and probably LinkedIn and perhaps one of the other ones. And I haven't really nailed that down yet. So it will probably be um, maybe threads. Um, I find that a little interesting. So we'll see. Yeah, good for a writer. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I'm looking at right now. But now that I have my new 
website done, um, I have a little bit more flexibility in terms of being able to send people and, and to create the discipline to actually get all of that done. So uh, yes, so for right now, um, most things are in some way related to Suter Group and that's that's where they would find me as my accounts would say Suter Group on them, so. And is it, what's the website URL? Is it Suter Group as well? Yes, it's, it's uh, SuterGroup.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for sharing your stories with us. I know it's so helpful for people to hear those stories and, and think about how they can do similar, something similar in their transition. So we're going to take a short break. We'll say goodbye to Jackie and we'll come back here on the Career Confidants and we're going to talk a little bit about this idea of being qualified for the job and how do you line up your qualifications to a job that you're applying to online. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out SayItSkillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. Tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Jackie Souter about how you can help yourself connect the dots when you're making that career transition. So really understanding what it is that is interesting in that new job, what are the qualifications they're looking for, and then how do you line up your stories from your existing work experience or course experience or volunteer experience 
and show that you're you're demonstrating the qualifications for this next job. And we're going to talk about two different areas that we want to focus on. The first is what we call at Career Thought Leaders your personal brand. It's your unique promise of value. And what this means is that you figured out your stories, your unique background, but that you've also figured out your audience and how it adds value to them. Because it can't just be, hey, I've got these cool stories. If you haven't thought about the audience and how it adds value for them, it's just a disconnect. It doesn't mean anything, or perhaps it's intriguing, but it doesn't have value to them and the job they're hiring right now. So it's, oh, that's cool. And then they pass it on. So we want to figure out how to connect those pieces. What's unique about you? What do you do over and over again to be successful in your work, in your life, in your volunteer experiences? That's the promise is that piece of you that shows up in everything that you do. And then our ability to connect that unique promise to the value it offers for the organization. And that's what causes differentiation. Now, differentiation, again, it isn't just how am I different if I say, oh, I'm different because I've been a bartender, as Jackie was talking about in one of her stories. If that's your difference, but you can't connect it to value for the audience, it's not going to land. In fact, it might be kind of weird, or it might make you even sound like you're not qualified for the job. We have to be able to connect all the pieces in to make this work. Now, what I find a lot of times is that people think about who they are and they start to dig in there, although there's always more help discovery that we can do there, but they start to dig in there and maybe even they come up with some of the themes of what they've done in the past that may, makes them successful, what is that unique promise, but then they kind of drop it there or they tell those themes in their language and so it falls flat. So we've got to take it to that next step of really figuring out, okay, what is my audience looking for? What's really important to them? And when I'm applying for a job, that they make that kind of easy. There's a job description. There's profiles of other people that are doing that job. There's profiles of people that have done that job. We can do our research and find out what are they really looking for in that job, what really matters. And then we take the time to connect our unique promise to that value, and then you have differentiation. Now we have what makes you different in a valuable way. How does your difference add value? And when you can connect those dots, it shows much more. So I don't have the, the bartender stories, not mine, so I'm not gonna dive in there, but I worked with a woman once who had been an executive assistant to some pretty high profile people. And after she had done that for an amount of years, she decided she wanted to go back and get her counseling degree and become a counselor. When we were putting together her brand, of course, we had the new counseling experience that she would received as her practicums and internships and those types of things. But we didn't want to lose this 10 years of experience she had as an executive assistant because it made her different especially than other people who are maybe just graduating with a counseling degree and didn't have any real work experience before that. So when we were thinking about drawing in those stories, we were looking for stories that demonstrated the same competencies that she would need to demonstrate as a counselor, working with groups, facilitating challenging conversations, maintaining confidentiality. 
And so we led with her counseling training and practicums and internships because those were the most relevant. But then we also included that information about her past work experience and the challenging conversations and, and situations she'd been in in that job so that it backed up the fact that she was different and brought up a world skill that maybe some of her other colleagues didn't bring if they had not had that type of work experience before going and getting their counseling training. It gave her a differentiator and some reason that you would call her above some other candidates. Now, it doesn't mean that you're better and, and that can be our challenge when we start to have this conversation. It's not about better, it's about different. And then the hiring team will choose which differences do they think will add value in their situation, in their team. We can do our research and do our best to connect our differentiator to their specific idea of value. But in the end, it's going to be that we are just giving them enough that they can figure out if we are going to be a good fit or not for their organization. And then in the interview, of course, we can expand on those stories of difference because we've already scoped them out strategically and started to create the language for them when we were getting them into the resume or the LinkedIn profile. So that's the branding piece. Who am I? What's that unique promise? What it, how does that connect to differentiators that add value for the organization that I'm talking to? Kind of underlying that piece is this idea of being qualified. Now, I have stated for a long time that it's best if we apply, especially online, to positions where we have 75% of the qualifications or more. So let's unpack that a little bit. Why would I encourage you to apply to jobs online? Most job search coaches out there tell you, don't apply online, it's the black hole, it's a waste of time, all of those things. I used to think so too. But here's what I learned actually back in 2016, I went to a recruiter conference and I was kind of blown away after being brought up in this industry to hear, don't apply online. I was honestly blown away that recruiters were talking about how much they value applications that come in off of job boards and especially off of their own career pages where they post the jobs on their website. I, I was surprised. Wasn't this a thing we weren't supposed to do? Wasn't that just the black hole? What happens, and this was some research that was done in 2016 by DeVry, DeVry Institute, their career advisory board, which no longer exists, but the study happened. And it showed that the most successful job seekers applied to roles where they had 75% or more of the qualifications. So this number just doesn't come out of thin air. It's not just something I thought sounded good. It was actually based on this research. So yes, we wanna apply online. And we're going to talk a little bit more about how we make sure that's successful. The first thing is that we really only want to apply online to jobs where we have 75% of the qualifications or more. I know there's a lot of hope and, and fluffy stuff that's out there about, oh, apply no matter what. And you can. And how much is that using your time? Is it worth your time? You know, why would you do that? when you don't really have the qualifications for the job. Ed Hahn responded to a comment that I made on LinkedIn today, and he said, would you hire a surgeon or a CPA that didn't have 75% of the qualifications that you were looking for? No. Now, when we think about other jobs, you might think, well, you know, I'm not applying to be a surgeon. Okay, so maybe you could do that job with less of those qualifications, but why would someone hire you when they have 
a pool of people that has more. Well, do we, maybe they don't. Okay, again, you have to go back to, is it worth your time to apply? Now, if you wanna to apply to a job where you don't have 75% of the qualifications, our first step is not to just go ahead and shoot an application off and see what happens. Our first step is to research what are those gaps and to figure out how important are those gaps? How might I fill those gaps? Could I address those gaps on my resume in some way? Do I have the qualification? I just have to connect the dots because then I'm doing my research and I'm figuring out what is, what is, what, what is going on there. What I feel like happens is that we make this assumption of, oh, the job description is just bloated. It has all these things they don't really need. That's not a good assumption to make. Let's research that. Let's talk to some people. Let's figure out what we really need to be able to apply to that job. And yes, that's more work, but it will also save you a lot of time in the long run because you're going to do the research, fill the gaps, and then be able to do that on all the other jobs you apply to. That gets me to my second key. So you've got to have 75% of the qualifications. Get focused. Don't be applying online to more than three, maybe four different types of jobs because you need every application you send in online to be really aligned. And that should come from a very foundational place up where I've looked at the job. I understand what the qualifications are. I've aligned my stories. I shouldn't have to spend too much time tweaking every job application because I've really got that focus and built things from the ground up. If I'm still exploring some other ideas that aren't quite as well aligned, those I'm doing networking conversations, I'm doing my research, I'm exploring. And then if I figure out that that is a place where I can plug in, I've just got to reprioritize and figure out what is the most important jobs, what are the most relevant, what am I most likely to get online, and maybe I'm using other job search tactics for some of the other types of positions I think I might be interested in as they come into more of you know realistic realm, then I could shift them over to applying online. So I'm keeping my online application activity to those jobs I'm really qualified for. I'm watching very strategically and I'm paring down the amount of information I have coming in so I can be most effective in creating those job applications. We're gonna take a short break and when we come back, we'll run through what you can do to be the most effective when you apply to that role online. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on Finding Certainty. 
If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are tuned in to the Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to the Career Confidant. Welcome back to the Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about how to maximize your results when you're applying online and applying to, especially when you're applying to a new role. So I'm just going to break down the steps here of maximizing your results in online application. We talked a little bit about why it matters. It's seen as a high quality of source hire for recruiters. And so we want to make sure that we are applying to those roles where we have the qualifications. So you're going to find target companies that you want to target, and you're going to make sure you never miss an opportunity on their website. Some job sites, you might be able to set up an RSS feed from the company site, not talking about job boards yet. Go to the target company websites, check in on their careers page, see what your options are to get alerts when they announce a new job themselves. Is there an opportunity to set up a Google alert, an RSS feed, anything that means you don't miss something on your target companies? Or you can go to that site once or twice a week, make sure you don't miss anything. I used to have a spreadsheet with all of my target companies and I'd make sure I go through on a weekly basis. And some of them had a, a date. So the Colorado State University page only posted new jobs on this day. Didn't make any sense to go to that page twice a week because they were only posting on this date. And then you knew you could go and find the new jobs. So figure out a system that works for your target companies, whether that's you know a project management system or a simple Excel sheet or Google or RSS feed, depending on what the company has. You don't want to miss a job on their website that is good fit for you because that's a quality source of hire for them. If you don't apply, but you try to get in other ways, you may not end up in the pool. You always still try to get in other ways. We're going to talk about that for a minute. Then you want to think about what job boards are the most relevant for you. I usually recommend people choose one or two of the bigger job boards or job aggregators like Indeed, Monster, Career Builder. Recently, Indeed has you know kind of been seen as the more quality space, but you've got to test it and figure out for you. So you might set up alerts on a few of those types of sites and then pare it down as you get the jobs, which one gives you the best information and eliminate the others so that you don't have so much junk coming in in your in-mail. If it makes sense for you, you could post your resume on those sites, but don't consider that to be like applying, right? That's, you put your resume up there, make sure you don't have your address information and those types of things up on it. 
you might want to refresh that on about a weekly basis um, per the tip from Ed Han. And don't think of that as a job search strategy necessarily. It's something you want to do, but you need to make sure you're doing these other things. Going to the sites, looking for the jobs, setting up alerts as well so that you can actively apply when something hits that 75% or about above threshold. So when you're doing that, you also want to consider LinkedIn's jobs feature. There are some companies that post more on LinkedIn than anywhere else. They're not going to pay for Indeed or something like that because they're already paying for LinkedIn. So you can use LinkedIn's jobs feature. You can set up an alert. They've got some really great things you can filter by location, industry, salary. Um, if the company hires someone who's been justice involved before, so check out all of those filters and set up some good quality alerts for yourself. If you testing some different keywords or different job titles, do that and then get rid of the ones that don't work for you. You can usually find the right job title by looking at the resume feature there in LinkedIn and you just type in a job title and it will bring something up for you. Actually, even in your profile, type something into the title and see what it brings up. And then the explore LinkedIn Explorer, if you just Google LinkedIn Explorer, you'll find a site where it tells you all of the titles and keywords that are aligned with titles. And you want to make sure your profile has those if you're going to be using LinkedIn to apply. So you've narrowed down your titles. You're focusing in on what job boards are the right fit for you. You've got your target company list you're going through on a regular basis. And you're really thinking about being as strategic as possible in that job application process, which means that you've got to focus. You've got a good resume built on the foundation of that focus. So these, you know, maybe two or three jobs I'm targeting, and I don't have to spend a ton of time targeting each individual resume because I've got that foundation. If you find that you're spending a lot of time targeting a resume, it may mean that you need to do some more work on the general overall focus. Make sure you've got that down so that your document has that strong foundation and less keyword matching is required. Some will always be, but not it shouldn't be you know, a ton of work every time. When you're doing those online applications, then you want to make sure you follow the directions, answer every question that it asks for you. Although it's annoying, you don't want to say, see a resume, you either want to copy and paste, or you can create a text-based version of your resume that makes it easier to copy and paste. You don't want to necessarily upload that one, but you can use it to copy and paste if you have to. This is why you only want to apply to the jobs that are really meaningful, because you got to do it right, or you might as well not do it at all. And so be selective instead of crappy quality. Be selective, apply to the ones that matter. Then you align your keywords, you, you follow all the directions. You'll be surprised at the amount of people who get kicked out because they don't follow the directions. Be careful when you're answering those questions at the beginning of the application process. When it's asking you, do you have X many years of experience, et cetera, those are what they call knockout questions. So oftentimes, if you feel like your application is getting immediately rejected, it has nothing to do with your resume, but it can be how you're answering those initial questions. So be careful about that and ask, you know, ask HR, ask your colleagues if you are think if you think that might be one of your challenges. Then you want to do your follow-up. 
Ideally, you've been networking aligned with this idea of target companies, and you already have someone inside the organization that can submit a referral form on your behalf or put in a good word with the hiring manager. Make sure that your application gets seen. That's ideal, is that you already have someone you've been talking to in that company who can help you get seen at a better, at a better light by being that champion for you. If not, you might have an opportunity to reach out to someone and say, you know, hey, I was looking at this position. Um, before I applied, I wanted to see if you had any insights for me. If you've got a connection, it's maybe a loose connection. If it's a cold call, I mean, you could try that, see what happens. And then after you submit that application, I tell you to do follow up in whatever way they don't tell you not to. So you don't want to break the rules. If they say don't call, don't call, but you could email, make sure they got it. Connect on LinkedIn with the recruiter in charge if you can find it and ask if they got it. Do whatever you can do to follow up in a professional, appropriate way without breaking the rules. We used to also send hard copy follow-up documents when it was a, 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 when it was appropriate and we were able to, uh, just again, to show that interest, show that initiative and be a standout in the application process. So you've now gone through the entire process, you apply, you do your follow-up, do whatever you can do. And then now that, that company's on your target list, right? Start the networking process. If not for that job that's already posted, if the next job comes up, you'll already have someone on the inside. So use those job ads to inform your networking, to inform your focus, to keep honing your resume and quiet the noise, keep it to the ones where you're, you're well qualified and then keep networking and exploring so that you can add other opportunities to your list that aren't on job boards but can add value. We don't want to we don't want to get stuck in the job boards. And in fact, if you follow that process that we just talked about, you can optimize your activity there so you have more time for networking, more time for making sure you're that referred candidate even though you'll still want to apply online. We'll be right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to address, shoot me an email. Marie at careerthoughtleaders.com is maybe easier to find, careerthoughtleaders.com. Or drop me a message on LinkedIn and Instagram, Facebook, anywhere that you can find Career Thought Leaders or myself. And we'll see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.